longer you listen, the later it gets. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Stars could shine between the lines If you would let yourself go Find some place you know You can use your words, use your hands You can change the world, just pretend Express yourself, take a chance and you'll see It's time to express yourself, where teens talk and the world listens. Presented by Star Style Productions as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on-air reporters. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. It's time to kick off the fun with our star teens. Welcome to Express Yourself. You're unique, one of a kind, and original. Embrace that. After all, the vitality of life springs forth when we learn to not only rejoice in our commonalities, but also appreciate our differences. Hello and welcome to Express Yourself. We're a program by, for, and with creative young people. A platform to give teens a voice, right here on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Hannah Hundle, and today the theme for our show is The Gift of Differences. And I'm Jennifer Lee. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions and brought to you as an outreach service of the Be The Star You Are charity. Each week, we bring you a stimulating, inspiring, and motivating program based on a chapter from our award-winning book, Be The Star You Are for Teens. Simple gifts for living, loving, laughing, learning, and leading. With this week's theme, The Gift of Differences, we're going to examine how differences are what make each one of you unique and how they're what make the world such a colorful and wonderful place to live in. We're going to start off by reading a chapter written by Anna Myers from our book, Be the Star You Are. The day I learned that I was assigned to a school that was about 90% Latino and African American, I started crying. I am a white girl relatively small and rather nerdy, and my fashion style tends towards gothic and somewhat gothically inclined in outward appearance. Don't get me wrong, I am most certainly not racist in the slightest, but I knew that this fact, my appearance would make me stand out, and I was absolutely certain that I would be beaten up. I was absolutely certain that I would be beaten up if I went to ISA. Late that evening, I was wigging out so badly that I had to go outside. What I do when I am stressed out is dance, and I danced barefoot, without a coat, until I got too cold. Just as I stopped dancing, a beautiful shooting star shot across the sky right above me. It truly caught my breath. It seemed to me that that shooting star had come to me in my hour of dire need. So I made a wish on it that school wouldn't be nearly as bad as I was worryingly expecting. I'm not actually superstitious at all but it's just making the wish that made me feel tremendously better. I felt a strange sensation of renewed courage, and I even felt warmer. School was going to begin in a month. I had time to talk to friends about my fears. They advised me to make the best out of it. They also advised me to buy less noticeable clothing. In general, I am very outspoken, loud, and eccentric to an extreme fault. However, when the first day of school arrived, I noticed that I was squeaking whenever anyone talked to me. Partly this was because I thought that if I acted timid enough, no one would even notice me enough to want to hurt me. I believe that day at school was the first time that anyone ever told me I was quiet. By the time that sixth period came around, I was shocked to find that I not only hadn't been beaten up, but I had made two friends and one guy had been very heavily flirting with me. He was actually very cute. My dad greeted me with a great deal of apprehension when I got home, and was very surprised to find me grinning. When I told him about my day, he was very relieved, that is, until I mentioned being flirted with. By the end of the second week, I was actually quite popular, and I had come out of my formal shell and was acting like my normal, insane self. Although I didn't like hanging out with most of the girls, I had a couple of girlfriends, and I had a ton of guy friends. 
was secretary of the school Japanese anime club and been asked out by a senior. However, being quiet had given me a chance to do a lot of listening, and I had developed a reputation as a good listener, even after my eccentricity returned. My new friends looked to me as someone they could confide in. Many of them had a lot of difficult challenges that they needed to talk about, and knowing how tough they had it gave me respect for them. Being appreciated in school was a new experience for me, since in my previous schools, I had been the lowest rung on the social ladder. I began to learn about other races, cultures, traditions, fears, and the differences we all share. I learned about the danger and problems that surrounded my classmates. In a school assembly, we were asked how many of us knew someone who had been a victim of gun violence. I was one of only two who did not. Most middle-class white people have so little knowledge of the lives of people living around them. The school I am in has the lowest average GPA in the city, but no standardized test could equate the education that I have gained by attending a school of diversity. One truly defining experience was the day that one of my dear friends at school was arrested for carrying a gun. Someone else had asked him to hold it until school was over so he could, quote, use it for something after school. He should have never agreed to do that. Another friend of mine, who is Hispanic, told me something that happened to him a few years earlier. His best friend had brought a gun to school, and my friend was aware of his actions. Unfortunately, my friend did not tell the authorities. His friend subsequently used the gun to shoot and kill another person. This single experience made everything around me suddenly more vivid. I had known that most of the students at my school lived in a different world from me, but this made things more real. Since then, I have learned enough to know that on any day at my school, if every single student was searched, they would be sure to find at least one gun and many, many more knives. I am actually very grateful for my experiences. What I have learned is that as much as we are different, different, we are all still the same. We all have fears, challenges, and dreams. We just react to situations differently and benefit from different opportunities. While you don't want to change your inner self, it is permissible to make compromises in your outer appearance when you are among people who have a different background or culture. As Carl Jung said, the difference between a good life and a bad life is how you walk through the fire. I think this new school experience has prepared me for life much more than an education at a homogenous elite academy ever could. So, Anna Myers, she recommends this exercise. Uh, we all experience fears differently. If you feel like you're freaking out, talk to a friend or family member. Loudly explain just what is bothering you and why. Grabbing a pillow and screaming into it is great. Playing loud music can work wonders. After you feel a few degrees calmer, doing some form of exercise can be a great way to work things out, and it makes you feel stronger physically. Get out of the house and breathe deeply. Go for a few good sprints while listening to a favorite song. I find that when I'm absolutely panicking and freaking out, I get a really big adrenaline rush. If you feel hot-headed or rash, take a few deep breaths and exercise before acting irrationally. The fear of fear is worse than what it is that you are afraid of. Deal with your rational fear rationally and your irrational fear irrationally. Replace your negative yucky thoughts with positive ones, then go home. Wow, I really, really love this story because I think it highlights the gift of differences so wonderfully. Don't you think, Jennifer? I mean, for me, you know, now that I'm kind of moving on to a new phase of my life, going away to college... The message of this really resonates with me because I know that in college, I'm going to encounter folks yeah, of all different strokes. Especially because I feel like I came from her. Yeah. Uh, and and I, think, uh, I think we both can relate to her because I feel like we both live in pretty small cities. Am I right? Right, right. You know, I, I think my town, the population from the last census that I can remember was around 69,000. So I think we're not completely small numerically, but we do have a really small town feel. It's kind of one of those places where everybody knows everybody and, you know, you say hi to people walking on you. 
as you walk up, walking beside you, as you cross the sidewalk, and everyone's really friendly and always wanting to get to know each other. And, I, and you know, now going away to college, I recognize that I'm going to be in a much bigger environment with people from all over the world, and there's so many great cultures and customs and different ways of life that I'm going to be exposed to and get to learn about. And I really am looking forward to that opportunity to embrace the differences among us. Yeah, and I think that's really the source of where we learn everything. Because if everyone's exactly the same as you, what are you going to learn? You're not going to learn anything. So I think it's, it's, yeah, differences are really the place where we can get our information and learn about the world. And like you said, just experience what's around us. Right. You know, what's so interesting is that I just very recently made a Facebook account. And uh, on, <laughs> on that account, I've been able to talk to so many fellow prefrosh. And, you know, one girl I talked to was from the Balkans. I'm, I'm talking to another guy from Texas. And here I am in the middle of California. And so it, it's so crazy getting to meet all these people and learn about their different ways of life. And I'm really, really looking forward to this unique opportunity, this new phase of my life to embrace all those differences. So thank you very much, Jennifer, for engaging in this thrilling discussion with me. It's helpful to keep all these tips in mind as we journey through our lives. During the break, everyone, be sure to check out our radio site at expressyourselfteenradio.com for photos, descriptions, links, and more. I'm Hannah Hundle. And I'm Jennifer Lee. Also, please visit our charity site at btsya.org and watch our fun and informative videos at youtube.com slash be the star you are. Stay right here with us as we continue our conversation on differences. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Looking for a show about your favorite movies, stars, and DVD releases? Get ready for Kids First Coming Attractions on Voice America Kids Channel. Your hosts, the Kids First film critics, preview all the latest movies before they're released interview stars on the red carpet, and share their reviews with you so you can make informed decisions about what you select to see. Our reporters, ages 7 to 16, will bring you a kid's perspective on these films. Kids First Coming Attractions is heard every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Kids. Looking for a great sports show from a kid's point of view? Look no further than Speaking of Sports. We've got the stats, scores, and inside news on what's happening all over the sports world. It's all hard-hitting, can't-miss action from your point of view. You'll hear different perspectives, opinions, and predictions from the fans and experts. Tune in to Speaking of Sports every Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. Miss just one minute of this show and you've missed out. Sometimes we may sound strange, but remember, we're just kids with opinions. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. You are listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids Network. Brought to you by Be The Star You Are Charity. I'm Hannah Hundle, and today our show is all about the gift of differences. And I'm Jennifer Lee. Today's show just keeps getting better and better. That's because we get to welcome longtime veteran of the show, Courtney Chang, who's here with another installment of her segment, Book It. Take it away, Courtney. Hi, everyone. I'm Courtney Chang, and I'm back with another segment of Book It, where I talk about relevant and recent books, movies, and music. While I usually discuss or review specific works, I felt like today's themes of the gift of differences of approach than my usual one. Today's media is almost, or actually is to some people, overwhelming. There always seems to be more movies, more TV shows, more music, more books always coming out, and it just never seems to stop. 
This isn't a bad thing at all. It does, in fact, basically ensure that everyone will find something that they're interested in. With so many choices, it's basically impossible not to find something. After having chosen your media of interest, the prevalence of social media in today's youth culture grants everyone easy access to all the latest news, speculation, rumor, and what have you about said media. Tumblr is filled with quote-unquote fandom blogs. There are Twitters dedicated to tweeting live updates whenever a new TV episode airs or just for tweeting quotes from old episodes. All of these places are fantastic outlets for youth to share their passions and interests with other similarly-minded people. Although this all seems well and good, these hotspots are actually also huge danger zones, not just for non-fans, but also for passerbys and fans alike. The fandom-centric places of the internet are simultaneously welcoming and alienating. If you, or someone else, don't agree with precisely how the large group has interpreted a character or agree with their OTP, their one true pairing, there's a chance that you will get effectively shunned from the group and mocked for your interpretation of the work. In a similar vein, if there's earth-shaking news that comes out on a particular, particular day, you can also expect to not make much sense out of all the posts that come out in response because everyone just, quote-unquote, won't be able to handle. As a person who has spent a lot of time in the past at these precise places, I'm not trying to slam them or say they should no longer exist. On the contrary, I know how important some of these online communities can be for youth who are struggling to find people in real life who can relate to them about their favorite show or other interests. I do, however, think that these online communities should be much more respectful of everyone's differences. Each and every fan, though they may love the same music and the same movies, comes from a different place, whether it be geographic location, social status, ethnic background, age, gender, and these inherent differences will ultimately the things in very different ways. There's nothing wrong with that. People shouldn't feel like they have to conform to the greater fandom in order to fit in, and more importantly, people shouldn't make others feel bad for not sharing the exact same perspective as them. We can learn a lot from each other's differences, even if it is from the way we understood a character to act in a movie or why we love a certain song, and everyone should be more careful about how they express their passion for things to ensure that they're open to discussion and not accidentally or intentionally making others feel bad for being different. Mm, wow. That's very, very interesting. I See, I don't have a Tumblr or a Twitter yet. I, mm-hmm. I'm going to make one, but, you know, I have a lot of friends <laughs> that do, and I've kind of lived the social media scene vicariously through them. And I have heard a lot of sentiments similar to this, that people tend to get really riled up about the things that they love and the Twitter wars, the Tumblr wars can get (laughs) kind of crazy. Yeah. I don't have a Tumblr or I'm not, I don't actively participate, but I can definitely say that I have been on, I, I can say that I, in the past, I have been on a side before, even though I wouldn't, I didn't actually physically type in anything. Yeah. But it does get very fired up sometimes, and I and I do, and I totally agree with you, Courtney. Yeah, Courtney, do you have any personal experience being on the receiving end of this fandom-centric vitriol, or is this some a, kind of a general trend that you've noticed? Um, so I have a Tumblr, I have Twitter, so I've been in kind of like the midst of all of these things I'm not I was never very active on these sites because there's always a part of me that's always been like I don't really want to share all of my personal stuff online so I'd always be there reading so it's not necessarily that I experienced it directly from these fandom sites but I did kind of experience a sort of discomfort where I was like, I interpreted a character in saying way A and everyone else was thinking and anything at all if I wanted to be taken seriously. Hmm. Okay, okay, I gotcha. Yeah, wow. Um, g- given your expertise in analyzing this topic and your experience with all this stuff, why do you think this mentality develops? Why aren't we prone to just accepting people's differences and their differing interpretations? Why do we want conformity? Um, I'm, I don't, I'm not even sure. I genuinely think this might be just a phenomenon that happens online where, you know, someone gets really excited and another person agrees with them and just the movement just keeps getting bigger and bigger. It's easier for it to grow online because you're not doing it in person. You don't have 
you don't have that personal connection to it necessarily because it's like, oh, I'll say this thing online, I'll act a certain way online, and, you know, it's not going to affect, you know, what I'm doing at home, what I'm doing tonight at 8 p.m. Yeah, you know, the term I've heard for that is a keyboard warrior. You know, you know, we have a lot of keyboard warriors in this digital digital yeah. age. People who would be hesitant to confront another person over their differences in person, but behind yeah. the safety of a computer screen, they somehow feel empowered. Yeah, I think that oh. also. Yeah, it's it's just I think the um, I think there's more of those kinds of people now that we have the internet because I think people are, um, more. Th- I mean, if they have a choice between confronting someone face to face and not, they would um, rather do it through the internet. But I think what's important through these disagreements is that we, they find something that's uh, similar and kind of uh, pull something good out of th- that, th- those differences. Yeah, you can um, agree to disagree. Yeah. So, Courtney, what do you think we can do to counteract this? I think first and foremost, just people need to be aware of what their behavior is like online because um, I haven't experienced like animosity from a fandom board or like site at all, but I, I have occasionally experienced a sort of kind of like snideness from my friends when I told them, oh, like, I like watching Teen Wolf. I like listening to One Direction. I like this and that. And they're always like, why do you like those things? They're so stupid. And it's like, even just within friends, like, you should be aware of what you're saying and realize that even though they make, like, a band that you think is really stupid, you shouldn't be telling that to their faces because it it will hurt more because they care about you and they respect your you and your opinion so much like you shouldn't be slamming them as a friend first and foremost Mm, okay yeah I get you and do you think that this mentality can ever be beneficial that being so desperately passionate for something that you reject any other view can be helpful in certain situations um I'm sorry do you think that the mentality, this kind of divisive mentality where you're so passionate for something that you believe in that you reject any other view, do you think that type of mentality can be helpful in any situation or is that pretty much across the board a bad way to view the world? Um, overall, I, I really can't see any way that it can be beneficial to anyone. I think while it's of course, it's totally fine for you to hold whatever opinion you have and you like, are entitled to your own opinions, obviously. But it shouldn't be to the point where you absolutely reject and turn down anyone else's simply because it differs from yours. Yeah, and as someone who has, like, had, not theories, but had, like, what you said, like, OTPs or some kind of opinion, I... Uh, I've I've been opened up to new like areas of fandoms that I didn't know existed if it hadn't been for people that were to disagree with my thoughts or my opinions. I think that's one good thing that can come out of it. Yeah, Definitely. yeah. And you know, the other day I was hearing there's this whole Nicki Minaj versus Taylor Swift mm-hmm. feud, and and it's so interesting that just in a matter of probably a couple hours, how quickly that proliferated the entire web and any new site that you go to now, any Twitter page that you check out, everyone's talking about this. And I think that highlights our earlier point that opinions and perspectives spread like wildfire online. So I think you have to make sure that not only are we honoring everybody's voices, but that the perspectives that we are putting out there ourselves are not damaging to anyone in any way and are not just we're not just putting them out there for the sake of spreading these fires. We're putting out our perspectives in order to kind of have a conversation and get to the next place. I definitely agree with that. And, you know, I think the same goes for, you know, YouTube videos. And because I, I live on YouTube, I'm not even kidding. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it, some people post some really, really questionable material on there, just trashing anyone and everyone that they possibly can. 
And I think sometimes when you're so vitriolic and so dogmatic in your own views, it kind of reflects a little bit more badly on you than the group or individuals that you're trying to negate. So I think we have to be mindful of that as we navigate all the gifts that this World Wide Web has opened up for us. And we, we need to make sure that we're using all these platforms to respect everybody's differences. So thank you very much, Courtney, for sharing all of your insight. And during the break, everyone, be sure to check out our radio site at expressyourselfteenradio.com. I'm Hannah Hundle. And I'm Jennifer Lee. Also, remember to visit our charity site at btsya.org for information on upcoming events, activities, and more. We'll be back in the next segment as we continue our conversation on differences. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. What about the world concerns you? Is it future success? Is it world issues? Are you just looking to change the world in general? Tune in to What Up World? It doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, or what you look like. Everyone is entitled to the same chance for success. Follow your dreams. Move forward. Make a difference. Tune in to What Up World every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. At 13, you are just starting to become a teenager and are ready to move on to the next phase of your years. The squeals and screams are replaced by slightly less squeals and screams and you're expected to act a little more grown up. Tune in to Life at 13 for the answers and support you need to get through this time in your life. Your hosts have some amazing life experiences, and because of this, they have the know-how to get you through ready for what's next. Life at 13, Monday afternoons at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Kids channel. We don't care how you got here. We're just glad you showed up. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Thank you for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. Our program is Express Yourself, giving youth across the world a voice to be listened to. I'm Jennifer Lee, and today's hot topic is the gift of differences. And I'm Hannah Hundle. We're going to continue diving into this multifaceted topic, this time by turning to high school student Maria Wong, who reports on her terrific segment, Booksmart. I can't wait to hear about the world of literature revealing to us the importance of differences. So without further ado, here she is. Hello, Maria. Hello. It's great to be back on the show. So recently, I read a book that I think really highlights this week's theme of the gift of differences. Now, this book is titled The Space Between Us by 3D Umrigar, and it depicts two women living in Bombay, India, now known modern day as Mumbai. Now, this is a historical fiction novel, one of my favorite genres, and is set when the caste system was still used in India. Umragar specifically focuses on Sarah, a wealthy mistress, and Bhima, her domestic servant. Now, while I was reading this book, I found it really interesting that due to this Indian caste system, in an everyday situation, these two women would most likely never become friends or even converse. Also due to this rigid caste system, these women were handed completely different fates. Bhima lives in the slums and has had limited educational opportunities. Meanwhile, Sarah is affluent and educated. Though they are so different socially, economically, and much more, they have become close friends over the span of their 15-year-long mistress-servant relationship. At first, when Bhima had just become her domestic servant, they were cordial enough towards each other, However, they were not friends. It was strictly a professional relationship. 
In fact, Sarah being part of the elite Parsi class was repulsed by the idea of Bhima drinking out of the same glass as her, or even sitting next to her on a couch in fear of quote-unquote contamination. However, these prejudiced, preconceived notions are ultimately changed after one poignant moment. Now, Sarah has an abusive husband who often physically and verbally abuses her. One day, after Sarah is severely abused, to the point where she can barely even walk, Bima quietly walks up to her and helps carry her to her room. Now, Bima doesn't judge her or say anything. Rather, she just takes action and helps heal Sarah with soothing leaves and herbs. She is the one who restores Sarah back to health. And I found it quite amazing that even though Bima is aware of how Sarah views her with repugnance, she still shows compassion rather than discontent. After that, Sarah begins to see Bima not as a destitute woman living in the slums, rather a friend and confidant. She holds Bima in the highest esteem, which is so rare for the time considering the societal beliefs of the caste system that mistresses are superior to their servants or that higher-class women shouldn't subject themselves to talking to lower-class women. By accepting these social-class differences and beginning to view each other as equals, both Bhima and Sarah realize that they have so many more similarities than differences, and they begin to connect over marital problems, raising children, and worrying about Bombay's constant urbanization. If it wasn't for Sarah getting over her prejudiced assumptions that people of lower caste are inferior, then her and Bhima wouldn't have formed such a strong emotional bond. And if it wasn't for their friendship, then Bhima's granddaughter wouldn't be able to attend college since Sarah was financially aiding her. And if it wasn't for their friendship, then Sarah's daughter wouldn't have had Bhima as a second mom, which was so important for her, especially since her father was often too absent. So it's due to their friendship that these women are able to talk about their problems freely and aid each other in times of need. And as cliche as this is, none of this would have happened without them accepting their social class differences. And I find this so relevant to today's world that people need to look society's stereotypes and their definition of different and rather accept people for the way they are. Because honestly, that's the first step in forming any successful relationship. Wow. Wow, that's such a great, great story and plot line. You know, as, you were, as were, you were speaking and talking about this acceptance of differences that was generated from communication and understanding and reaching each other on personal levels, what came to my mind was when Milton Quibner was on the program and we interviewed him some time ago, and he's the host from the show Milton Mia. And I remember he had said something along the lines of, the only way we can experience each other is in the space between each other, that we reach each other through words that connect us. And I think what, was so, what this story illustrated was that very thing, which is that we can reach each other and begin to understand each other and accept each other through words and through activities that foster that connection. So thank you for sharing this. Yeah, thank you. So do you, is this one of your favorite books? Do you recommend it? Yes, I definitely really enjoyed reading this book. Once I started reading this book, I actually couldn't stop. I stayed up all night reading this book, actually. But it was a great historical novel, which I really enjoy. And what I really liked was that the author, um, Umargar, really used her language to richly describe Bombay. And it was one of those books where you felt like you were transported back to that time and you were actually with the characters, Sarah and Bhima. And what I think also made this book seem really authentic was the fact that Umargar actually lived in India for the first 21 years of her life. And this is actually a semi-autobiographical novel based on her family's experiences with a domestic servant like Bhima. Also, I really thought the plot was great, which is the main reason why I recommend this book, because it spans over 15 years and becomes more complex over time, but by the end you see all the problems unravel. And this book isn't only limited to one theme of accepting differences, but it's also about the importance of family, raising children, and gaining closure. Wow. Um, 
I think what's so great about this is that I think the most important human quality, well, there's a lot, but um, uh, is empathy. And I think this book really reflects that because empathy is, is not just sympathy. There's a huge difference between just saying, oh, I feel bad for you and really genuinely feeling for that person who's who's in a terrible position and I think that this book that that plot line really reflects that and I think that's just what's so great about it yeah yeah you know that's interesting you bring up that point Jennifer because I've often wondered what the difference is between empathy and sympathy and maybe you two ladies can help me out from what I understand sympathy comes from a place of having been in that situation yourself and therefore knowing what that person is experiencing, but rather empathy is being able to imagine what that person may be experiencing. And because we have a limited range of experiences, I think it's even more important to have empathy because you can imagine yourself in all sorts of people's shoes and show them that compassion and respect that they deserve. Yeah, um, you are really close. Um, Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Uh, There's this author named Dr. Brene Brown, and she has this incredible animated short, and all the listeners should go, and it's it's really short. It's only four minutes, but she really outlines uh, the importance of empathy, and sympathy is like, she describes it as when you're looking down a dark hole, and your friend is down there, and sympathy is when you go, yoo-hoo! Uh, how's it going down there? It's really dark, isn't it? And then the person who's empathetic crawls down that hole and gets into that dark, deep place with that person who's in a bad spot and says, I know where you've been and I know you and I feel your pain. And I, I always imagine that when I think about the differences. Yeah, I agree. That's so important of what you said. I definitely think that empathy is when you're connecting with somebody, which I definitely think was shown in this novel, even though at first Sarah wasn't really empathetic. Over time, they became empathetic. Yeah. So what further insight did you gain from this book? Well, besides learning more about the character's backstory, I definitely learned more about India. Um, Besides social class differences, there was definitely more insight into female-male relationships And I think this is the majority of history, that it's always been a male-dominated society. And women have been always treated inferior and often double standards. And this is definitely relevant to modern day with the wage gaps and double standards yet again. But um, another thing I gained more insight into was the Indian caste system. Now, I found it just so interesting how these people's classes could set up such rigid restrictions of who they could marry, who they could talk to, where they could live, and where they could work. And I researched more about it and found that it has been banned for over 60 years. However, there are still restrictions today, such as university access, which once again goes into the United States. Um, So I'm Hispanic and Asian, and um, when I tell people that, they often tell me to put Hispanic on my college applications because there's been such an influx of Asian students that they want to have more diversity. But I just found it um, really interesting how that one difference could change perhaps my college application and where I could go. Yeah, that's, yeah, I've definitely heard stories about um, uh, preferences for uh, races, and it's still a real issue today. Um, So what other books uh, are similar to this one? Uh, Well, 3D Umagar has written several other books that are also set in India, such as Bombay Time, If Today Be Sweet, and First Darling of the Morning. Okay, yeah, I'm definitely going to read one of those. Thank you, Maria, for some really great food for thought. I always love a good book, and I really can't get enough of wisdom from literature. During the break, be sure to check out our radio site at expressyourselfteenradio.com. I'm Jennifer Lee. And I'm Hannah Hundle. During the break, be sure to check out our charity site at btsya.org, which stands for Be The Star You Are, 501C3 Literacy and Positive Media Charity. Stay right here with us as we continue our conversation on differences.
Become our friend on Facebook. Post on our wall your thoughts about our shows and network. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Tune in every Monday for Purple Songs Can Fly. Our program serves as a musical outlet for children being treated at the Texas Children's Cancer and Hematology Centers. These songs are flown all over the world and even into space. Hundreds of songs have been written and recorded and have been part of shuttle missions, airline in-flight playlists, toured with the Rolling Stones, gone undersea and to the top of Mount Everest. Join our hosts for some great music on Purple Songs Can Fly, Mondays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids. What's cooking? Join Kid Chef Eliana for Cool Kids Cook. Eliana is one of the youngest published cookbook authors and will show you that there are all kinds of goodness in food beyond the chicken nuggets and fries. On our show, we'll discover cuisine from around the world, learn some great cooking techniques, speak with some of the world's top chefs, and share recipes. Kid Chef Eliana is here for you on Cool Kids Cook, every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time, on the Voice America Kids channel. Bon appetit! You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Welcome back. Thank you for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. I'm Hannah Hundle, and our program is Express Yourself. Today, the theme for our show is the gift of differences. And I'm Jennifer Lee. We're going to get a slightly different perspective on the topic now from our reporter, Zara Hassanin. Zara is a high school student who plays violin and is passionate about the uplifting powers of hope. With her Hope Heals segment today, she's going to talk to us about how the courage to be different can lead us to a dazzling future. Welcome back, Zara. Thank you. Nice to be here again. <laughs> so, do you think a world without conformity would be ideal? Um, I don't think so because I feel like you kind of do need some kind of conformity in order to realize like your differences, you know, among people. But I mean, a world without like with without conformity would just fall into chaos. And I think if we like have trouble agreeing on stuff now, and like you know. Like, it's really, you know, like, we just don't agree on stuff. It's not easy now. It'd be even harder if, like, people just didn't have anything in common. Um, Like, if everyone was going in a completely different direction, like, that'd just be terrible. And so I think it's also important to just, like, realize the stuff that connects you with, like, other humans and, like, what you have in common. Because then, like, that helps you define how you're unique. It's, like, easier to find how you're unique that way, too. And it kind of... You know, it gives you that hope that you can be alike, but then still different in a lot of ways, too. Oh, that's interesting. Why do you think, Zara, that people are afraid or maybe reluctant to accept differences? Does that stem from fear or just not knowing what the other side has to offer? I think it's, like, fear of the unknown, mostly. It's just because people always like being around what's, like, familiar to them and what's normal and like you know it's 10 times easier to live with what you have than kind of like introduce new things into your life and like one of my favorite examples of that kind of fear is with you know racism in America because like slavery before the civil war was a thriving and racist institution and black people and some white people thought that after the civil war you know this great change and difference that came with the emancipation proclamation would like make for a more hopeful and united America. But then, you know, you get the Jim Crow laws in the South and racism still persisting there as well as in the North. And it's because they just weren't willing to accept differences, which, like, I also think there's some irony there because, you know, when you look at some of the most famous Harlem nightclubs of, like, the 20s, 30s, and 40s, like, there's this one called the Cotton Club. And basically all the performers were African-Americans, but the club was completely segregated. It was whites only, despite the fact that, like, the whole reason it existed was because of black performers. But, like, you know, all these, like, rich, snobby white people couldn't get over the fact that, like, 
they might be conversing and like sharing an environment with someone with like a different race, culture, like et cetera. Um, so I think, yeah, you definitely see a lot of irony with people who don't accept differences because people get caught up with these phrases like old fashioned and like old is gold, like go with the flow. And even now with like gay marriage, you get these people who shun differences and they scream like stupid stuff like Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. So, you know, it's frustrating because while people are trying to make their differences known and expressing pride for their differences, they're always like going to be those hope killers that want like homogeneity and can't admit that their problem is like that they're just afraid of change. So like, I don't know. I just think differences make for diversity and diversity is what keeps the world spinning. So there's no reason to be afraid of differences. Yeah. And in my school, Multicultural Week, and I'm sure a lot of schools have this, uh, they always... Uh, leadership always has posters that say that even though we're different, we're really one. So we can really celebrate our different cultures and our diversity. But in the end, we are literally one human species and we're not that different when you think about it. So I think we can embrace everything that's different about us and yet still stay connected. Yeah, I completely agree. I think it's also about like, not just, like, accepting, you know, but embracing that, like, differences are what, you know, really does keep this world spinning. And, like, once you get to that level, it's really, like, stuff starts to get better. And it's not just about, like, oh, I tolerate you. It's, like, I really, like, am interested in your culture and your way of life and stuff. Mm, So where do you think we need to go from here, Zara, moving forward? You know, how should we conquer this kind of complex of not accepting differences? Should we start with the young? Should we, you know, implement programs and activities for kindergartners to learn to respect different people for who they are? How should we correct this problem? I mean, I think, like, from a young age, you're told that being unique is, like, a good thing and stuff. But people, like, I mean, while you're being told all this, it's also easy to forget that, you know, prejudice still exists because we think we're so progressive, but, like, you know, there are still, like, with, like, internet and social media and stuff, they're both blessings in a lot of ways, but it also kind of gives people this, like, recent chance, like, I mean, it's, like, a recent development, you know, like, to be, like, bigoted and make fun of differences without facing a lot of consequences, so I think people these days have, like, more subtle outlets for their judging, but, like, it's still there, so I think we need to just, like, more, like, acknowledge the fact that prejudice still exists, even though we might be, like, going in the right direction. And I think it really, like, I mean, I see it being addressed in schools, like, more these days, and, like, people are voicing more concerns for it on, like, social media and stuff. I think if you keep that going, it's good, but I also think you need, like, more direct action as well. And, yeah. So do you think that it's sometimes, uh, like, regarding being different and being one one part of whole. Do you think that it's sometimes better to just go with the flow than to be different? Um, I think it depends. Like if there's some controversial issue and you're like in a full, like in a room full of people that obviously have the same opinion and yours is exactly the opposite, but you can't really support your stance that well. Then like, just kind of be quiet. I think because if you can't support how, like why you're different, then like that can get pretty annoying because people sometimes just want to be different for the sake of being different. And like, you know, kids make fun of like hipsters for doing that. But the fact is that if you're trying to be different, just cause like the chances are that you're just trying to irk people. And some people think like they have some unique feature or like characteristic um, or like opinion that can be like a really big source of arrogance. Like sometimes people like take the fact that they're different in some way. And instead of being proud of it, they just like, it just gets, like accelerated into arrogance and like but I think again people use this like phrase go with the flow to try and force people to believe that like a certain way or method or whatever is natural and so you shouldn't fight it and like on a larger scale that is what makes a society hopeless and gray because like being different for a reason definitely gives you that hope you know that you'll finally accept yourself and love being yourself instead of depending on social acceptance or whatever outside force um you know, those are pretty irrelevant to your own, like, individuality. So, yeah. yeah. So you you brought up hope again, and I want to relate this back to the 
to the theme of your segment, which is Hope Heals, what do you think is the link between hope and accepting differences? Well, I think overall our society will just have more hope once they learn to accept differences because diversity is really what like gives the world its flavor. Like if we were all the same, nobody would really be hopeful because the world would be boring and it would like, it'd be like, you know, you'd know where you stand in the world just based on a couple of things. Like, I don't know, like your race, your gender or whatever. Um, so I think once people embrace differences, it just like opens up a whole new path to like collaboration and like, you know, like there's less to do with opportunity. Also, it's like when people acknowledge that like being different is good, there are some like gaps that kind of get filled that, you know, wouldn't have been even acknowledged before. Yeah. And I think that, being different really is what makes the world interesting. And if we, if everybody looked identical and if I acted just exactly the same way that you did, Zara, and I, and I yeah. talked in the same exact voice that you did, I think this show would be much more boring and it would be a <laughs> lot less interesting. Well, thank you, Zara, for adding your insight to this really intriguing topic. Indeed, we really do have to remember that our differences generate life's vibrancy and that vibrancy generates hope. As always, all good things must come to an end and this show gave us an in-depth look at the beauty of uniqueness. Dare to be different. Dare to be an authentic you. Thanks to Star Style Productions, Cynthia Bryan, Be The Star You Are, and our Voice America Kids crew, especially our engineer, Michael. Thanks to our guests and reporters from across the world, and thank you, our listeners, for making us a top-rated program. I'm Jennifer Lee. I'm Hannah Hundle, and you have been listening to Express Yourself, an on-air global community where teens talk and the world listens. For info on our creative community, go to btsya.org. Until next week, remember, be kind, be different, and be here. Speak up, speak out, and express yourself. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself, produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars to shine between the lines if you would let yourself